Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. Here's in the pre-wrath view. The pre-wrath view says we will be taken out pre-wrath, but it doesn't mean that we will not go through trouble or tribulation. Everybody with me? There's the distinguishing between tribulation and wrath. Now, let me ask you, has the church ever been spared tribulation? Uh-uh. In fact, wouldn't we argue right now that we're going through tribulation? There's some churches that are meeting this morning under threats of being locked down, under threats of fines and arrest. This morning, not many miles from this location, there's tribulation, but, but that's relatively minor to other parts of the world where if you get caught in a meeting, you could be killed. So the church has always uh, gone through tribulation. In fact, 11 of the 12 apostles die a martyr's death. So for us to believe that just because we're the bride of Christ, we won't have any trouble is really to be naive and ignorant of the Bible. The church has had 2,000 years of trouble. Now it's been, you know, at different uh, levels and all of that, but nonetheless, we've had trouble. And what I will say to you is in the pre-wrath view, the pre-wrath view says we will go through trouble, but before the judgment of God comes, God will pull his people out right before the wrath. Okay? And what this is uh, in concert with is the illustrations that Jesus gave. I'm not going to go back and take you to them, but he gave two illustrations, Noah and Lot. Noah built the ark all those years. God shut the door and he shut the door. And on the day he shut the door, the flood came and took them all the way, all the way. The angels told Lot, we can't destroy this place until you're out. They pulled the family out. And as they were going out, the fire fell. So this is what the pre-wrath view argues that right before the wrath will be the rapture. And remember, that the resurrection precedes the rapture as we just read in chapter four. So before the rapture has to be the resurrection because we won't be taken up, we won't precede those who have died. So there's going to be a resurrection and a rapture and God's people will go out and then judgment will come down, okay? We are not appointed to wrath. Now I will tell you, I hope and pray the pre-tribulation rapture view is correct because I have no martyrs complex. <laughs> and if the Lord wants to spare us from that trouble, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I remember uh, years ago, uh, Walter Martin, who was kind of the apologist of the last century and he wrote uh, The Kingdom of the Colts and so forth. He had a post-trib view. Chuck Smith, founder of Calvary Chapel, had a pre-trib view. And they were going up to the mountain on a retreat and they were debating the two views. And basically, uh, Walter Martin said to Chuck, if you're right, I'll just grab onto your ankle and we'll go up together. So it'll be, it'll all be all right. Now I will say this to you. 
This is a in-house debate. Good scholars disagree. And so this is not an essential doctrine. The timing of the rapture or the resurrection is not an essential doctrine, but it is an important doctrine for the generation who will face it. Can I get a witness? <laughs> now, it might not matter to anybody else, but if you're going through it, you might want to know what the timing's going to look like, right? Now, no man knows the day or the hour, but we are going to be given, and this is kind of where we were headed last time, we're going to be given some signs to look for, seasonal signs. And I want you to see something important before we move on. Because the world, here's a sign in verse 3, the world will have a denial mantra at the time. They'll be saying, 1 Thessalonians 5.3, peace and safety, peace and safety. Morris points out right up to the coming of the Lord, they'll be saying this, peace, peace, when there is no peace. But destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape. Similar to Noah, similar to Lot. But this is what a lot of pre-tribulation rapturists leave out. See, the rapture will not, or the second coming of the Lord will not come like a thief in the night to the church. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day, and that's the day of the Lord, just connect that to verse 2, would overtake you like a thief. Now, if the rapture is pre-tribulational and signless, you'll hear uh, teachers say there's no sign that must be fulfilled before the rapture comes. It could come at any moment, right? Jesus could come and bam, we're out of here. That's a signless rapture. And then if that's true, wouldn't the rapture come to a lot of people like a thief in the night? Think about it. It would come as a surprise because if none of us know when the rapture is going to occur, if it's signless and there's nothing that surrounds it, there's nothing to look for, then whenever Jesus does appear, if it's pre-tribulational, we'll come like a thief. Doesn't that make sense? But that's not what our Bible says. Our Bible says, no, it's not going to come like a thief to you, brethren, because you're not in darkness that the day, the day of the Lord, would overtake you like a thief. You are all sons of light, sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Now you might say, well, Pastor Michael, what are the things that will occur before this great day of the Lord? That would be important to know. I told you that the times last week will be similar to the times of Noah and the times of Lot. Just quick review, the times of Noah, the thoughts of people were only evil continually. Genesis 6.5. Genesis 6.11 says the world was filled with violence. And then if we move to the time of Lot, the world was filled with sexual perversion. Hmm. Just, just ponder that just for a second. Thought, life, only evil continually. People just couldn't think pure thoughts anymore. Violence covered the face of the earth. And then if you look at the time of Lot, sexual perversion when the angels go into Sodom in Genesis chapter 19. So that's interesting. Now, what Jesus does say is that people will be doing their normal things up until the coming of the Lord. They'll be eating, they'll be drinking, they'll be planting, they'll be sowing, they'll be marrying and being given in marriage. Those are normal, everyday events. 
So people will be trying to go about normal life while the signs of the times are pointing to the return of Christ. People will be in denial. They will stick their head in the sand, so to speak. They will not want to acknowledge what is happening. Men will be fainting from fear at the prospects of what is facing the earth, but this is not the situation for you. But here's, here's one verse just to write down, Amos 5, 18 through 20. I mentioned eight Old Testament authors mentioned the day of the Lord. Just write this down, Amos 5, 18 through 20. Alas, you who are longing for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light, as when a man flees from a lion and a bear meets him. Or goes home, leans his hand against the wall, and a snake bites him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness instead of light, even gloom with no brightness in it? It's going to be a dark day for the world. In fact, one of the signs that the day of the Lord is coming is a cosmic sign. The natural lights go out. This is seen in a lot of different places, but let me just take you to a couple verses Hold your place in 1 Thessalonians. Let's turn over to the book of Malachi. That's the last Italian book of the Bible. It's actually Malachi, but I prefer Malachi because I am Italian. And I believe he liked the pasta. <laughs> Malachi <laughs> uh, chapter 4. So you're going now to the last part of your Old Testament, Malachi 4. Take a look. Verse 1. Behold, the day is coming, Malachi 4, 1, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze. We saw this in Isaiah 13 last week. Says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, Malachi 4, 2, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet, what your Bible say, before the coming of the great, and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Now, there's no doubt that John the Baptist was a fulfillment of this in one sense, that he came and announced the coming of the Messiah, his first coming. And he was trying to turn the hearts of Israel back to the Lord and back, if you will, to their families. But this is a great and terrible day of the Lord. Is the final day of the Lord. So there's a future fulfillment. Remember I told you that the day of the Lord kind of has uh, embryonic stages to it. There are places where the day of the Lord, there is a day of the Lord in embryo. It's kind of like a one fulfillment, but then there's an ultimate fulfillment of the ultimate day of the Lord. This is an example of that. And the ultimate day of the Lord will pre be preceded by the arrival of Elijah the prophet. Now, you say, well, how in, in the world does that work? Well, I won't go there because I don't have time to put it all together, but Revelation 11 tells us that there are two prophets that will show up in the last days, and they have similar miracle-working power to Moses 
and Elijah. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Revelation 11 tells us that there are two prophets that will show up in the last days. And they have similar miracle-working power to Moses and Elijah. And so it's just an interesting thing to take note of. Now, here's another sign that will happen. And this is in the book of Joel. And uh, we can see this in many different places. But let's just just listen to it. And you can write this down for your notes. This is Joel 2, 31 and 32. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before, Joel 2, 31, the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So we've had, we have a couple things now. We have a cosmic sign that the moon will be like a blood moon and the stars will go dark. I was looking the other day with all the fires uh, here in California and other states. And I looked at the sun and the sun was red and, I, and it looked really eerie. We've had some really eerie mornings and, uh, you know, just with the smoke and the weather. And uh, I got a... Uh, one of our staff people sent me something about what's happening in the moon and that the moon is rusting and it's confusing uh, those who study such things. And I don't know if this is, it has any relation, but I will tell you this. We have a couple things. Elijah the prophet, we have a cosmic sign. Things start to go dark. Some people think it's an eclipse. And we have the signs that Jesus gave us that relate to Noah and Lot. And so we start to piece these things together. And these are the signs of the times. These are the things that you could say, you could look for and know that this is about to commence. I could tell you much, much more. I have so many pages of notes, but I'll just tell you this. There's one other place that it's past our text now, back to uh, 1 Thessalonians, and you go just a few pages to your right to 2 Thessalonians. 
And I pointed this out at the end of last week's message, but I want you to look at it because I think you need to put this also in the signs to look for. This is 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. Now, we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. It's his coming and our gathering to him. What's that sound like? There's the resurrection and the rapture in 2, 1. 2 Thessalonians 2, 2, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure, don't be freaked out, or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Keep reading. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it, the day of the Lord, will not come unless what happens? The apostasy comes first. That's a word for falling away, a great falling away. And the man of lawlessness, most believe here the Antichrist, is revealed, the son of perdition or destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was, was still with you, I was telling you these things? Paul was teaching them about the end times or the signs of the day of the Lord. And verse 3 is the key. You are not going to have the day of the Lord until you have an apostasy and a man of lawlessness revealed. And if the day of the Lord is one single second coming, one event, then you're not going to have the second coming until you have the revealing of the man of lawlessness. Everybody with me? So you've heard pastors say, I'm not looking for Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. I agree. I say amen. But I just read a passage that says the day of the Lord is not going to come until the man of lawlessness is revealed. Amen? Now this might rock some of your... Uh, views of the last days. I understand that. This may, uh, you know, you might be saying, well, this doesn't fit with what I've heard elsewhere. And that's okay. This is just for you to consider. But these are the things that I start to stack in my mind in terms of what would surround the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why I am not freaking out about this going on over there, this going on over there, because I understand, and this is my view again, but I've, I've got about, you know, I put, gave you about five or six things to look for. And if they're not here yet, then it ain't going to happen yet. And this is, this is where the thief in the night idea doesn't apply to believers. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You're not going to be caught off guard that that day would, would come to you like a thief. That's what the Bible says. You're all sons of light. You're sons of the day. You're not of darkness. This looks back to the day of the Lord. You were formerly darkness, Ephesians 5, 8, but now you are light in the Lord. So what should you do? What should I do? Walk as children of light. You've been called out of darkness, 1 Peter 2, 9, into his marvelous light. So this is going to be the way that the end times unfold as I take scripture with scripture. So what should we do? Well, look at verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 5. So then let us not sleep. That's an idea there, not of death, but don't be out of it. Don't, don't be like the person who somebody says, that dude's just asleep, man. That, that's what's being said here. 
It's saying, don't, don't just be like a person who's napping through life and you don't understand the signs of the times. Jesus said, you guys can read the, the sky and you can say a storm is coming, but you don't understand the signs of the times. And oftentimes we say, you know, in an exhortive manner, wake up, church, wake up. Somebody uh, who was a former Muslim terrorist who became a Christian, said on 9-11, the alarm went off in America and we hit the snooze button. A, con a converted Muslim terrorist said, we got a warning, just something for us to wake up. And, and churches swelled and prayer meetings were unbelievably attended for about three weeks. And then we went back to our normal life. See, we need to be awake we need to be uh, not sleeping as do others. The idea of sleeping here is a word that ties to, and the lack of alertness here, but namely the word for sleep as the idea of moral indifference. Ah, it doesn't matter. And this fits exactly with the illustrations of Noah and Lot because people were making fun of Noah in the time of Lot, they were trying to satisfy their desires, but they ignored the signs of the times. Two angels showed up in the town. Wouldn't that get your attention? Like, maybe I need to get my house in order instead of the opposite. But this is what took place. And to be asleep means to be morally indifferent or indifferent to the things of God. You just are not mentally alert. Those who sleep do their sleeping at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Group number one is drunk and asleep. They are unprepared. Group number two is awake and alert. You've been listening to The Day of the Lord, part five on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So who is Michael Lance? Well, I'll tell you. He's the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. So if you live anywhere in Southern California, we'd love it if you joined us at one of our church services or Bible studies or any of the many events we do throughout the year. You can stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. And the Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, as we get in some of the content of 1 Thessalonians 5, this may be new to you because maybe you heard that the rapture will happen at any moment like a thief in the night and catch people by surprise. And is that going to happen? Well, this is one passage you need to strongly consider because it says that day will not overtake us believers like a thief. And I believe there are things that God has given us to look for, signs, if you will, that will tell us we're getting close to the rapture, which is associated, in my view, with the single second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, remember, this is an in-house debate, so there are different people who have different views, but in the end, Jesus is a coming. <laughs> That's what we do know. And we're going to join him, and we want people to know him. And this is the exciting reality. We need to live as if he could come tomorrow, but we also need to know the signs of the times. And I think that's a good biblical balance. 
Now, hey, uh, you know, you might be thinking about the day of the Lord or the rapture or crazy world conditions. You know, watch a couple of minutes of the news and you can be bummed out for, you know, probably days. Um, maybe that's you. Maybe you're feeling a little bit down. Maybe maybe you've kind of walked away from the Lord or you feel like your faith is weak. You're depressed. Um Man, you know, we we just did a a talk, a 633 on suicide here at Living Truth, and Pastor John Noyes did such a tremendous job, and that message is available on our site and on our podcast, and I would encourage you uh, to give that a listen. But listen, if you need someone to talk to, we have pastors here Tuesday through Friday who would love to pray with you, love to be a shoulder, love to be a listening ear. And love to just uh, be there for you. And you can reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH. Just know that we're here Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours, 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, if you need somebody to talk to, reach out to us. And if nothing else, send us a prayer request at walkintruth.com. So appreciative of you, our partners, and our family God bless you, and we'll get more on the Day of the Lord tomorrow right here. See you then. One more thing before we go. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please consider becoming a monthly partner. You can give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part six and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching series in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.